the outlook for freight markets, more changes at the Postal Service, and inflation continues to irritate supply chains. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Schneider, whose dedicated service offers you consistent, reliable capacity while providing the flexibility to grow with the demands of your business. To find out how dedicated solves your shipping challenges, head over to schneider.com dedicated. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, inflation, fuel charges, and other economic pressures continue to affect the outlook for freight markets. And as we close out the summer and head into peak season, what are the main concerns of both shippers and carriers for Q3? To find out, here's Victoria with today's guest. Victoria? Thank you, Dave. Our guest today is Tom Nightingale, CEO of third-party logistics services provider AFS Logistics. And as Dave said, he's here to talk with us about the state of of freight markets and the outlook for the third quarter. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you both. Thank you. Great. I wanted to start off by asking you about the Cowan AFS Freight Index, which is a report that you um, put out quarterly. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then I'll sort of get into uh, talking about the forecast and what you're seeing in freight markets. Absolutely. So we launched the forecast almost a year ago, actually in October of 21. Um, And really the forecast is unique because it sets us apart from the other indices in the industry because it's both predictive and it's really diverse in its modal choices. And I'll unpack those. So the predictive nature, in addition to providing a a snapshot of what has happened over the past quarter, it looks out over the next 12 to 13 weeks and takes our $11 billion worth of freight and projects out what will be happening using machine learning and AI through the, thankfully, uh, amazing capabilities of our data scientists. The second element that is unique about it is the fact that we look at so many different modes. Uh, As you can imagine, across $11 billion of freight transactions, we see everything from truckload to LTL to parcel, both express and ground and, and everything else that you can't even begin to think about. Thank you for that. And what are the um, the key takeaways for Q3? What, what are we looking at um, right now? Well, at a high level in Q3, the index is predicting a moderate to declining quarter over quarter growth rate uh, in the prices across all of the modes. Uh, as we've continued to see high fuel surcharges and seasonal factors popping up, transportation costs um, are seeing some of the downward pressure of softening demand, but freight has had a variety of factors exerting pressure on it, um, specifically the pricing. Uh, One notable pressure is that double-edged sort of inflation uh, that Dave mentioned earlier, and and we can talk a little bit more about that later. But what we're also seeing, again, at a high level is complexity. We're seeing carriers getting really, really skilled using non-traditional means to implement and therefore hide cost increases 
in their pricing. So it's no longer just about line haul rates. Uh, the march toward varying rate increases into accessorials has gotten extremely sophisticated over the last year and a half. Um, and we're really seeing it come to roost right now. And what we're seeing is surcharges in the form of fuel in particular have added to some of the fuel surcharge or the uh, surcharge that we saw manifesting themselves in Q1 in the LTL sector. So we're really starting to see some disproportionate increases. You know, if you look at parcel as a, as a great example, that ground uh, parcel index right now says that we're going to be at 25.7% in Q3, which is a little bit off of what it was in Q2. It was 27.7% in Q2, but it's really being driven by that higher fuel surcharge. And what we're finding is even though fuel surcharges have, the fuel base rates have gone up, the fuel surcharges have gone up at an exponential rate. Just as an example, in air, fuel surcharges have gone up at a rate 3x what the actual fuel base rates have gone up at. And in, in parcel ground, we're seeing fuel surcharges go up at a 2x rate over what the base costs have been. How, so what, what kinds of things are, are, um, can shippers do to, to deal with those, those issues and as they you know, try to do business every day? Yeah, so it's a, it's a great question. Um, we are seeing a little bit of demand destruction coming from the fact that prices have gone up and the consumers have a little bit of discretionary income pressure um, and therefore the demand is slowing. But the things that we're seeing from a shipper standpoint in terms of mitigating those increases are first working across modes and looking for relief in modes where you have freight that falls on the margin. So for example, using LTL where you may have previously used parcel um, and maybe it's a 100 pound to 150 pound um, parcel shipment that you can move to an LTL minimum or maybe it's moving from a multi-stop truckload down to LTL or from LTL up to multi-stop or uh, a partial truckload. So we're seeing a lot of uh, movement on those fringes where customers are coming to us and looking for creative solutions. We're also seeing customers looking to get their pound of flesh back. And what I mean by that is when we go in and we perform freight audit and payment services, which is one of the key things that we do for our clients, um, we will typically find between 6.6 and 8% overcharges. And those will come in the form of duplicate bills, uh, misclassification of freight, incorrect application of surcharges, um, any number of different things. And our clients understand that prices have gone up. And our clients understand that they have increased rates, but nobody wants to pay more than they were supposed to. And then the last thing, and, and I think this is a really important thing, is when working with a 3PL, looking for somebody who can bring you a non-asset based and therefore non-asset biased solution. There are a lot of great 3PLs in the industry, but many of them run with a dual mandate. One is providing customer good service, but two is filling their own, their own trucks. And in the case of a non-asset biased 
3PL, it's important to recognize that that's a real advantage in chaotic times like this. And the fact that they are not looking to fill their trucks first and then move on to the customer's needs second. You mentioned earlier the um, sort of, you called it the double-edged sword of inflation, you know, um, prices go up, demand, you know, it softens a bit and we've seen that. How long do you expect that situation to continue? I'm asking you to look a little bit further out, I guess. Um, but what, what are we going to see in terms of, of that uh, demand softening? Well, we've seen um, some of that demand softening starting to happen already. Um, we've seen it particularly on the truckload sector um, where capacity has become a little bit more available and therefore prices have come down a little bit more. Um, as we looked out into Q3, um, the truckload side of the business is uh, expected to still be above prior year in terms of its pricing, but it will be less of an increase than we saw in Q2. In parcel, um, we are expecting Q3 to continue to increase, uh, albeit at a more flattish level, um, but getting basically uh, back to where they were in Q2. And then in LTL, um, that, that mode has remained exceptionally resilient, um, largely because of the strength of our manufacturing economy and, um, and the fact that so much of the LTL market derives their profits from fuel and fuel has continued to stay high. Now, I wish I had the crystal ball to know whether or not Fuel will remain high throughout Q3 and Q4. We've seen some abatement in the last few weeks, but there are a number of uh, very credible sources right now calling for increased fuel prices as we look out to Q4. And as you watch the impact of that, uh, particularly on the LTL market, um, that will be pronounced uh, as if it does happen. I mean, right now, fuel accounts for 20.7% of the total cost per pound for LTL shippers. And that's up from 13.4% in 2021. It's a pretty big jump in, in less than a year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just wanted to wrap up by asking you about, you know, we're heading into peak uh, shipping season. Given all that we've talked about now, what, how do you expect that uh, to to shape up this year and maybe in comparison to some of the trends we saw last year? Yeah, I think this will be one of the most unpredictable peaks we've ever seen. Um, we've seen such lumpiness caused by things that typically drive our peak seasonality into a more predictable pattern. Um, but that lumpiness is coming in the forms of China's zero COVID policy, um, some of the port delays that we've seen due to labor issues, some of the congestion issues that we've seen in the rail network and at the ports themselves. This is going to be, I think, a peak for the record books. And uh, I, I really think that this will be a prolonged and extended and unpredictable peak um, that we're really already starting into at this stage of the game. Yeah, I think there's certainly a lot to contend with out there. Uh, Tom, thanks very much for talking with us today. We appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And uh, back to you, Dave. Thank you, Tom and Victoria. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. 
And Ben, we just talked about some of the issues affecting shippers, and you wrote this week about what's happening at the U.S. Postal Service, including a new rate increase as we approach peak season. Can you share some details? Yeah, exactly. We cover the U.S. Postal Service closely for the magazine, and in part, that's because it affects all of us as citizens, whether we're just receiving shopping catalogs and Amazon parcels or paychecks and tax returns. And particularly in the last couple of years, of course, many of us have gotten crucial things in the mail, like voting ballots. But another reason we cover it is that the USPS has historically lost a lot of money. And there are big debates ongoing about how to make it run more profitably, and also even whether it should be profitable or if it should be more of a public service. But I particularly like to cover these USPS earnings reports, which sound really boring, uh, because they reveal a lot of trends about the overall economy, uh, not just the Postal Service. So this week we got the agency's earnings for the quarter through June 30th. And first of all, they lost money. Uh, they lost for the quarter about $460 million uh, compared to about $41 million lost same quarter last year. Uh, that result was based on revenue for the quarter of a uh, little more than $18 billion. Uh, which was an increase. That's more revenue, uh, a little more than 1% than last year, despite a volume decline in how much uh, mail they moved. And Postmaster General Louis DeJoy said that those numbers could improve over time. Uh, he pointed to an act that had passed Congress earlier this year in April called the Postal Service Reform Act, and that had changed. Uh, there was an accounting rule about how the agency pays its employee health and retirement benefits. Uh, also, DeJoy is rolling out a 10-year plan to overhaul the agency. Uh, he wants to adjust its parcel delivery operations to meet, of course, the higher e-commerce demand. And also, just yesterday, he announced a plan to raise postal rates again later this year. Uh, so some changes are coming. Yeah, it does sound like there's really a lot of change happening at the post office right now. For sure, yep. Um, but we've also written they're, they're buying new delivery trucks as well, so that we'll we'll see some physical impacts of these changes too. But you know, the really interesting part to me was the commentary about sort of the overall economy. So USPS said that the pandemic continues to force changes in the mix of letters and packages that they carry. So they said, for example, that marketing mail had seen steep volume declines at the onset of the pandemic but that it's been rebounding as the economy continues to recover. And indeed, uh, USPS collected increased revenue from that marketing mail uh, for the last quarter. Uh, so likewise, uh, shipping and packaging uh, had seen some changes there. Um, the revenue decreased slightly last quarter, a little more than 1%, uh, but that was on a volume decline of almost 5%. Uh, so, you know, they, they did a good job of getting more revenue from uh, from less volume there. Um, and that's due to changes, of course, in the pandemic-related surge of e-commerce that all of us have seen. And the last part is in uh, first-class mail revenue, uh, the, the regular letters that we send. And that was essentially flat compared to the same quarter last year. Um, but in a bigger picture, UPS said that, you know, first class mail volume uh, remains lower than pre-pandemic levels. And they think that's just going to continue to decline further. The reason is there's an ongoing migration away from paper mail to electronic communications, email, of course, and to other 
digital transaction alternatives, uh, they said. I, that's, you know, largely has to do with things like um, online bill paying. So, uh, you know, they, these things track some of the changes in society that are happening to all of us. Right, certainly do. Thanks, Ben. Yep. And Victoria, you wrote this week that inflation continues to affect businesses, including procurement aspects. Can you share how they're adjusting? Absolutely. Yeah, happy to. Um, so as you say, skyrocketing inflation um, is the latest and potentially greatest challenge facing procurement professionals today. And that's according to a recent survey from Toronto-based procurement software company uh, Tealbook. The company surveyed 200 sourcing and procurement executives at firms with revenues, revenues of $200 million or more, essentially asking them about their supply chain concerns. They found that all of them, 100% of those surveyed, are extremely concerned about inflation and are taking some pretty big steps to thwart those pressures. The steps include finding new suppliers, renegotiating contracts, and diversifying their supplier base. Here's a snapshot of some of the results. Nearly half of those surveyed said they are actively searching for new suppliers to lower costs associated with inflation. 44% said they're renegotiating contracts with existing suppliers. And 40% said they are entering into predefined agreements for products that have high pricing volatility. When it comes to diversifying their supplier base, 46% of respondents said their companies are already benefiting from efforts to sort of cast a wider net while 99%, so virtually all of them, said they want to increase those diversification efforts as a way to deal with future supply chain problems. I should note that according to this survey, um, supplier diversification includes efforts to meet things like environmental, social, and governance, or ESG goals, as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI goals, and also efforts to expand the company's geographic sourcing reach. So it's a wide um, range of steps companies are taking to diversify. One other quick statistic, um, 94% of the procurement and sourcing executives surveyed said they're making visibility into second tier suppliers a high or moderate priority as a way to find those new and potentially lower cost sources. So a lot of effort to act on the higher costs of doing business these days. And as an aside, you know, there was some news we saw on inflation this week. The rate of inflation actually slowed in July, but still remained near record highs at like eight and a half percent. So this is something companies continue to deal with. It hasn't gone away, certainly. Right. And it's still very worrisome. Victoria, did the survey say whether or not these actions are working? Yeah, not specifically, but they p did point out that despite the efforts that companies are making, and these are a lot of steps, as we said, that companies are taking, many sourcing professionals remain concerned about their company's ability to handle supply chain disruptions overall. And they say that's primarily because um, their company's supplier intelligence hasn't improved since the start of the pandemic. And by that, um, they mean that the data and information their companies have uh, pertaining to the supplier base. Um, that's the intelligence they're talking about. So essentially, you know, a lack of good data makes it difficult for companies to, and I'm quoting, pivot quickly if they need to due to inflation. That's what the researchers had said. Uh, essentially, the bottom line, uh, the more information you have, the better your chances of working with suppliers to mitigate all of these pressures and challenges that are affecting businesses up and down the supply chain. So, um, you know, just more visibility, more information seems to be seems to be the key to uh, working through these challenges. Right, it certainly is. And we've seen time and time again how a lack of information can make it very difficult to manage in this business environment. That's Thank for you. sure. Thank you, Victoria. You're welcome. 
We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. And check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Tom Nightingale of AFS Logistics for being our guest. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of subscribing, we encourage you to check out our sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fast Lane. It's co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Our recent series focused on supply chain digitization. Subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcast. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is brought to you by Schneider. Schneider Dedicated helps you take control of your supply chain with reliable, consistent capacity. To find out how Dedicated solves your shipping challenges, head over to schneider.com dedicated. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, when we'll look at issues affecting America's ports and global trade. So be sure to join us. Until then, stay safe and have a great week.